Bill Guerin is not happy about the wild start to the season. So what's going wrong in Minnesota? Plus, can we expect some changes to the three-on-three overtime format? And you know what they say, if you're in a postseason position by Thanksgiving, 80-ish percent of the time you end up making the playoffs. So who's in right now? All that and more on today's Western Conference Tuesday edition of the Lockdown NHL podcast. We are your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into a Western Conference Tuesday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Again, we are your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. You can download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. On today's episode of Lockdown NHL, we discuss some uh, early season struggles for the Minnesota Wild. What has gone wrong and where do we go from here? We'll also take a look at the potential for changes to the overtime format for the NHL and some of Gary Bettman's comments in Sweden uh, in regards to potential changes. And we'll take a look at what the Western Conference playoff picture looks like right now, because as they say, if you're in a playoff spot by Thanksgiving, odds are pretty good that you're going to end up there by the time the season is done. Uh, my name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wild and host of the Tuesday edition of Lockdown NHL, joined by my co-host Nick Morgan of Lockdown Predators. And uh, when we were coming up with what we were uh, putting on the, the schedule today, Nick, I know you sent uh, a link to the athletic article about what all has gone on with my team, the uh, Minnesota wild. And it, uh, it has been a messy start for, uh, for the wild so far this season. And so I think I'm going to, I'm going to let you rifle off some questions and I'll do my best to uh, try to answer what's gone wrong. Uh, well, first question, maybe the most important, uh, how are you, Seth? How, <laughs> how are you doing? Like, how are you holding up here? Is there anything I can do for you? Is there anything I can get you? Do you need a shoulder to cry on? Is this one of those blink blink twice if you're not okay? Yeah, smile. Just like smile and raise your eyebrows if you've been personally victimized by the Minnesota Wild uh, in the past six weeks or however long it's been. You may be entitled to financial compensation. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite thing, uh, the headline of NHL.com, uh, it was talking about the Global Series, and it said, uh, Wild takes step in the right direction at Global Series. Uh, and then I was thinking, I was like reading the scores, I was like, wait a minute, didn't the Wild lose both of those games? And we're, and we're talking about taking a step in the right direction after two losses. Is that how bad it's been for the Wild this year? That you lose both games. I'll eat both in overtime, so you got two points out of it. But you lose both games, and it's like, yeah, all right. That's where there's progress, I guess. Yeah. Two points is better than getting blown out eight to three? 
it, it has been it has been a rough start and i was actually going back to try to look and this is the worst start that the wild have had since 29 2009 2010 um, fewest wins that they've had since, and actually they have less wins now than they had at that point. Um, it, it's been a slow start. You, you've got so many different things that have gone wrong so far this season. You've got the penalty kill, which is dead last in the NHL in terms of effectiveness. Uh, I say that in question because they haven't been effective so far. They've given up already 20 power play goals in 17 games, which is is absurd. Uh, the goaltending has been bad for most of the season. The defense has been bad. The signs of improvement, I think, was you got a good goalie performance from Philip Gustafson against Ottawa. But then the other thing that's been wrong with this team so far this year is that it seems like you make progress and get something shored up, and then another tire on the on the car goes flat. And so the defense and the goaltending was better against Toronto, but the offense just was not able to get anything going. The power play hasn't scored in like six years. It seems like um, they, they are struggling with that as well. And so it's a team that just because of all of the uh, all the extensions and all of the no movement clauses and all of the everything, there's not a lot they can do flexibility wise to fix what they currently have and bill garen you know took the team to task before they left for sweden saying hey you got to pick it up because there's really not a lot that can be done here there's there's not really any mo money to make moves this year they're not going to have a ton of money next year mm -hmm. no movement clauses you name it and kirill kaprizov right now here's i think the most staggering thing Kirill Kaprizov has as many even strength goals so far this season as John Merrill. I mean, hey, can't can't have that. John Merrill can't have that. No, and it's interesting because it's you look at a lot of the underlying metrics, like Corsi four percentage. I mean, the Wilder in the top ten in the the NHL, so it's not like they're getting you know Anaheim Ducks steamrolled uh, any game or anything. But it's it's funny because I'm watching that game, and you mentioned the defense. Uh, and it's it's like they're not giving up like an insane amount of chances, but the chances they're giving up are, are pretty bad, like pretty easy scoring opportunities for other teams. And it's kind of like it, it's kind of one of those things where it just seems like, you know, they're they're good. They got they're in the flow of the game. And then it's just when they drop out of that flow, they fall off a cliff. Like they just they they'll just disappear for a five minute stretch of, of a random period and never be able to recover from that. Uh, and I'm with you. Like it, it doesn't seem like the goaltending is uh, right there this year. I mean, we, we've talked about good performances from Gustafson last year. It was kind of like the the un like the the new goaltending star in the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. uh, Mark Andre Fleury was also feel like pretty solid last season uh neither of them have really been reliable this year so it, I'm, I'm wondering seth how much of this because we just heard bill garen's comments uh not happy basically kind of taking the entire team to task how much of this do you think is going to blow back on evison you know it's funny because there is i think a lot more 
than I thought there would be of people saying, what is he supposed to do? What is he supposed yeah. to do if the top level guys aren't scoring? And you talked about this team is doing a good job of possessing the puck, but their finishing has to be near the bottom of the league right now. They are getting good opportunities right in front of the net and they just, they can't hit. They can't find those, those goal areas and when you have two players in Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy who are as important to what this team is doing as they are, and they just are are not factoring into what's going on uh, really at all. And statistically, it was one of Kirill's better games against Toronto. I thought Matt Boldy looked better um, in the two Sweden games, but you can't have those guys be passengers. And so then, you know, it comes back to, what does a coach do if those types of players just aren't performing up to the level that they need to? But then my counter is some of the things that you see that this team is doing, turning over the puck in the defensive zone, just not doing what they need to do in winning puck battles along the boards, getting pushed off the puck as easily as they are, losing contain. It seems like this team just they lose coverage on players so easily where you have guys that are just completely untouched in one of the faceoff circles able to get whatever shot they want. And yeah. that's kind of where I push back and I say those are all little detail things that are more on coaching to uh, to be figured out. And so it's it's one part here, one part there, you know, six, six of one half dozen of the other, um, both are at fault. But I, I mean, even for knowing that these next couple of seasons were going to be lean, I don't think anybody expected this. No, uh, especially this season. I think a lot of people still thought the wild were going to contend. And, you know, I will say, you know, you get Jared Spurgeon back, uh, you know, the old veteran mainstay on the blue line, the team captain. I'm sure a lot of the disorganization might go away with him back in the lineup. And also Zach Bogosian is there, who I think is also a very capable veteran. So I think there, there's potential for, for Minnesota to turn things around. And, you know, like we both said, like it's not like their last year's Anaheim Ducks or Columbus Blue Jackets where it's just, they're just a train wreck every game. Uh, it's They're actually doing pretty good in games, and it's just like five-minute train wreck that winds up derailing, you know, everything in that game. So I, I do think there there's potential for Minnesota to turn things around. Um, so, so we'll have to see, I'm sure you would like to see some, some improvement here. Yeah. Yeah. It would be, it'd be nice to, uh, to be able to kind of flip to the positive side. And I mean, honestly, so far, really the two positives have been Marco Rossi and Brock Faber and, you know, I'll point those guys out as many times as I can, but like beyond that, it's it's like which which leak do you pl- you do you pick to try to plug up? Yeah. There are a lot of them. So yeah, I w- I would very much like to see some uh, some improvement here as we go forward because as we're going to talk about in segment three today, it's it's going to be a little bit of an uphill climb, uh, especially with the benchmark that we will uh, introduce here coming up in the third segment. But first. We're going to talk a little bit about some uh, proposed tweaking to three-on-three overtime, uh, and we'll give our thoughts on kind of what should happen because 
Um, much to the much to my chagrin, uh, Gary Bettman doesn't think we have any sort of a shootout problem um, in the NHL. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll talk about that and more as we continue today's episode of Locked On NHL. After this, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. And if you love to live in the moment like I do, you probably have gone through the ticket buying experience the day of an event more than once. And often you find tickets that are too expensive or worst case scenario, you find your tickets that you purchased for a sporting event, for a concert, for a comedy show. You find that your seat view is obstructed and nobody wants to deal with that. Game time is here to make the ticket buying experience as stress free as possible. They can help you score last minute tickets with some amazing flash deals and most importantly, Views from every seat in the venue. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Welcome back to today's episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Once again, we are your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen. Each and every day, you may have noticed that we've gone back to the uh, live premiere schedule for episodes of Locked On NHL, and there is a purpose behind that. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you, covering 24-7 the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever, first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Nick, as we continue our talk today, the NHL was at least toying with the idea of some potential changes for overtime and the shootout. But um, I thought it was funny. Gary Bettman was interviewed as part of the uh, wild pregame before the uh, festivities started in Sweden. And he said in no particular order, I think fans still really enjoy the shootout. I don't think we have shootout fatigue. I don't think we need to really do anything about overtime or the shootout. And I won't let me tell you, I curled up in a ball on the floor in my apartment and was like, that that's it. This, this is it. That's the, it's done. Like, like, is he, is he wrong? I, cause I, I don't mind the shootout. As somebody who covers a team that has been in like 30 of them over the, the past three seasons, I have shootout fatigue. Yeah. Because here's here's the problem. This is, I think, the problem is that three-on-three overtime could be an amazing part of the NHL landscape. But as it's currently constructed, it essentially is a breather for teams to get to the shootout. Everybody plays so risk-averse in overtime you have stretches in which teams are basically just possessing the puck without doing a ton. And so like, I think what 
has been discussed and what probably should happen is get rid of the shootout. Just go 10 minutes of three on three for the regular season. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. And it's, it's funny listening to uh, Colin Campbell's comments about this situation because he specifically called out like one specific thing uh, about the three on three overtime was the play where, you know, like when you get like possession and you're in the zone and there's like the cycle and then like, you know, the team might defend it well. So all of a sudden you make like the pass back and all of a sudden you're, you're in the neutral zone again. It's funny that that was the specific kind of play that he called out. And I get it. Like when you're like a team, just kind of trying to hog possession for four minutes and get the only chances. And you don't want to, you don't want to lead to the thing that leads to the like giant, like, you know, odd man rush, like the three man breakaway we see sometimes the other way, because we know that happens in three on three a lot. And it's funny, like going to like a 10 minute three on three, like, I actually think that would make that problem worse, wouldn't it? Like, wouldn't like if you have like 10 minutes, like, wouldn't you just be like when you know, like, well, like, like, let's say if you get rid of the shootout and it's just, okay, we're doing a three on three overtime the first team to score is going to win. Wouldn't that make you more cautious as a team? Like what, like if you're like, you know, if there's an unlimited clock, you're like, okay, like we're not really in a time rush here. We're going to save some time. Let's, we don't see anything going. So let's go out and, you know, play it safe until we see our chance for another 30 seconds. To me, that would actually make that problem worse. Unless. Shot clock? Unless you do well, that was I've seen that suggested on Twitter too. But here's here's what I think. Here's an idea that I have seen that I can really get behind. Okay, is I understand with the way the current point system works, you are rewarding both teams for getting to overtime, which I'm not a fan of. Yeah, here's what you do. Here's what you do. In overtime, you make it winner take all. You get to overtime, you get to overtime, and unless you win, you don't get that point. I'll do you one better. Let's go, let's just end it in regulation. Because isn't that another problem where teams get to two minutes, it's tied, and it's like, oh, we don't want our whisket, let's just get the point. Three points available per game. You go to if you win, you get all three points. You go to overtime, both teams get a point, but now you only get two points if you win. So there's some extra incentive not to go to overtime in the first place. Try to win in regulation. Do like kind of like a modified soccer thing where hey, if you go to overtime and win, we'll still give you the points. And if you lose, we'll give you the loser point, but you're not gonna get three points. So, hey, let's say, like, you're a team that just has been, like, you know, kind of playing it safe in the last five minutes, and, you know, you start piling up those OT points, and maybe you get a shootout win here or there. Now you're going to be falling behind the teams like Colorado and and Dallas and Vegas who are just clocking teams in regulation. That, to me, is extra incentive to just go all out and you know try to win this thing in the last two minutes 
that's when I think the last two minutes of a game are going to get absolutely wild. Because now you have now you have the potential for not even just to get a point, you have the potential for an extra point on top of the on top of the two that you get for winning in overtime. So that to me opens things up more. Two minute, final two minutes of regulation would be bonkers. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, that's the point, right? Is is to add some entertainment and keep those stretches where teams aren't just sort of playing it safe. Yeah. Because it's we have to acknowledge that that is a huge problem in overtime right now is exactly like you said, like how many times you, you see it all the time where a team is trying to attack and the opponent just kind of triangles in front of the goalie and the team that has the puck is like, you know what? I don't think I like this. And so they just they just drop past it all the way back to their goalie and is like, just hang on to this while we get new skaters out here. Yeah. Yeah, like less of that. That just, would do it. Yeah, we just need to make make incentivize winning in regulation. That needs to that you are spot on that that needs to be the takeaway here is that winning in regulation needs to be incentivized and rewarded. 100%. Yeah. I think we've got to we you know, somebody should have been keeping track of the ideas that we come up with on these episodes, because I think if you kept track over a calendar year, just look at how radically different NHL play would be. And it would be better. It would be better all because of us. And we would be the best commissioners ever. Yeah, Co-commissioners. Ooh, file that away for an episode idea. Co-commissioners. What do you do? There we go. Coming up uh, on a week where there's nothing happening. Well, for, for one of the things, that I would do. We won't talk about it now, but one of the things I would do as co-commissioner would be to revamp the uh, playoff format because reasons. And speaking of the playoff format, who is currently in as we hit Thanksgiving? Let's take a look at some of the teams that are in some of the teams that aren't and some of the teams that should be worried. We will discuss all of that as we finish today's episode of locked on NHL after this. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what helps teams bring home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your vehicle, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. And we welcome you back for one final segment of the Locked On NHL podcast. Once again, we are your team every day. Seth Topol and Nick Morgan talking now about who's in and who's out right now. Who is sitting at who's sitting at the adults table in uh, in this Thanksgiving meal? That is the Western Conference and who's sitting at the kids table right now um, as it currently stands. Here is your uh, top six central division, Dallas, Colorado, and Winnipeg. No surprises 
really at this point. Winnipeg. Um, Winnipeg? Other than Winnipeg. Yeah. Other than That's Winnipeg. A bit of a surprise, yeah. Who we savaged all offseason. <laughs> and and a couple times this season, too. Sorry about it. Uh, it happens. Um, so that that's your one surprise in terms of the top three in the central in the Pacific Vegas, Vancouver, and the LA Kings. Vancouver is probably Vancouver's arguably the biggest surprise in the West, correct? Fair. Yeah. I, I would say based on where they are in the standings, I think that was in a good way. In a, in a good way. The biggest, the biggest surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that, those are your division, your top three in the divisions. And then the wild cards are the ones that everybody expected. St. Louis and Arizona. Although, as you pointed out, it is St. Louis with 19 points. And then there is a three-way tie between Arizona, Anaheim, and Seattle. And the reason that Arizona gets in is because they have played the fewest games. Yeah. Um, what I'm so, taking yeah. away is the Arizona Coyotes are a playoff team. Shut it down right now. We're going to see Arizona versus Vegas uh, in round one. And it's going to be lit, and there's going to be playoff hockey at Mullet Arena, and I am excited. Which uh, I do believe we also called. Yeah, absolutely. Before the just, season started. Just like we call the Edmonton Oilers being uh, oh tied for <laughs> dead last in the division. Yep, we uh, definitely called uh, the Oilers already firing their head coach and being just uh, a literal oil drum on fire mm-hmm. at this point in the season. So I guess if we go through, there are probably two out of four surprises in terms of the top three in each division. Dallas, Colorado, Vegas, and Los Angeles, really not surprises. Mm-hmm. Um, Winnipeg and Vancouver are. So there are two teams that, and honestly, like if you look at it going forward, let's just start with those two. Yeah. If you're Vancouver, I know they've played a little easier schedule so far, but you got to feel like they have a chance to be one of those. um, You have, you got to feel like they have a chance to be a playoff team with how they've started so far. Well, as it stands now, they're the best offense in the NHL, and it's not really close. Like, they're up by almost .25 goals per game uh, over the second-place team, which is the LA Kings, Uh, and they're also doing gangbusters on the power play right now. And it's funny, It's and it's all – the big thing about Vancouver is it's the people you would expect to have a big year like Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes and, you know, to a lesser extent, like even Brock Besser having a big year, it's all like the, the star players performing like star players. Uh, And the big difference this year is also Thatcher Demko looks like the old Thatcher Demko again, looks like he's a hundred percent back to me. We talked, what was the other surprise we mentioned? The, the Winnipeg jets. Yeah. That's a bit of a bigger surprise because you look at the numbers and it's like, they could be even better right now because their offense is really good. Their offense is putting up a lot of scoring. It's the it's the opposite of Vancouver, though. Though the one mm-hmm. player that you would expect to kind of lead the charge of Winnipeg being a top team is Connor Hellebuck, and he hasn't been good this year. So you look at that and say, okay, if Connor Hellebuck turns things around and gets back to where we know he normally is, breaks out of the slump a little bit, what if that could be even 
better than they are right now. And that's a scary thought. Um, of the teams that are in, who do you think is least likely to be in the postseason picture as of right now? And why is it the St. Louis Blues? Uh, you read my mind. Yeah. Uh, because I don't think the Blues are that good of a team, right? Like, uh, like of the contenders, lowest offense of out of all of them, like only 47 goals in 17 games played. Like the Coyotes, for reference, have played the same amount of games in a 57. Uh, the Wild, who we just mentioned, are having trouble scoring, have more goals than them. Uh, you know, they, they do have reliable-ish goaltending this year, but do they have a good sort of supporting cast to kind of help them win, you know, games that go to like 3-2 or 4-3, kind of eke out those style of wins that you're going to need as you get later in the season? I don't think the Blues have that, and I think they, they've, they've started really bad, kind of got on a little bit of a run, got some big wins, I don't necessarily know if the blues are going to keep that up. Um, but, but yeah, like it's that to me is the one team set that I look at and it's like, uh, I don't know if they're going to be there in, in let's say two months. No, they've scored four power play goals in the entirety of the season so far. And two of those came in one game. Yeah, wow. what what was the stat you were talking about before where it was, I think, as of last week, the St. Louis Blues power play would be on track to be the worst in NHL history, saved by the fact that there's one team in the NHL currently worse than them on the power play. Which I just, I cannot believe that there's somebody that is is doing worse than they are at this point because... They were at one point like one for 44 to yeah. start the season. I think the I think the number was, which is just putrid. Like it's it it's a stronger word than even exists in the in the dictionary. Yeah. I can't think of it. I can't think of an adequate word for that. Very bad. That that well, I, I can't I can't think of some other words. I just don't think locked on podcast. Yeah, we can't say allowed us to say it on air. Yeah, they're at seven point seven percent right now. Uh, Columbus is at nine point eight, and Washington is at seven percent. Washington in fifteen games has two power play goals. It's too bad they don't have a all time legendary power play oh. score on their team that can help them out. With that what you need on a power play is somebody that just goes to a particular spot and just gets ready to unleash clap bombs on the goalie just nonstop. And you just feed that guy from that particular spot and he can just laser him past the goalie. They just Washington, of course, they have that guy, but it's yeah. just not working so far. Yeah, and if that doesn't work, just find a guy who's really good at punching people and give them a six-year contract and hope that all works out. Should solve <laughs> all their problems. Uh, Washington. You can hear more about them on tomorrow's episode of Lock 10 NHL as we uh, get the Eastern Conference version of uh, what we do here today for Western Conference Tuesday. So, St. Louis, you are officially on the bubble here. Uh, as we hit Thanksgiving and of the teams, Nick, just to close Anaheim, Seattle, Calgary, Minnesota, Nashville. Let's just put those teams out there that are on the outside looking in. 
Who do you think is most likely to get it figured out and uh, get back towards the postseason? I still have a little bit of faith in Minnesota if they can clear things up. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, the other team you didn't mention is the Edmonton Oilers uh, are 5-10-1. and one. I don't necessarily foresee Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl being in a slump all season either. No, they're going to they're going to they are capable of taking that team through a 10 game stretch solely by themselves and winning them like seven games. So that'll start to happen. There's going to be some course correction that happens here, but the rule is uh, the rule of thumb is that of the teams that are in playoff position at Thanksgiving, roughly 80% of them stay in a postseason spot, which means that there's one or two spots that are going to be um, up for grabs, which, hey, St. Louis, enjoy it while you have it because you may not have it for long. And that is going to do it. For today's episode of the Lockdown NHL podcast, we thank you as always for tuning in to Western Conference Tuesday. Make sure you stick with us all week long for a wide range of hosts all throughout the week. We've got different spins throughout the week on every part of the NHL. So make sure you don't miss out on any of those episodes by subscribing on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms. You can find new content from Lockdown NHL every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.